Hello again, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two nerds sit in front of microphones and try to find the spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Caitlin McKinnon. And there are many ways you can listen to this show. First and foremost, soundcloud.com slash geekdownpod. Follow us on there. You'll get a notification every time a new episode goes live. As well, iTunes. Subscribe to us there. New episodes downloaded to your device each and every, most of the time, Tuesdays. Not this week. Not this week. But this is probably Wednesday now. At least Wednesday. Uh, but they will be downloaded to your device whenever they happen to go up. So easy. Please give us a like. Give us a review. Rate, review, subscribe. All that fun stuff. It really helps us out a lot. And yeah. Also, we are on Stitcher. We are on... All uh, that social feed media burner, stuff. All the social medias. Geek Down Pod for everything. And uh, yeah. Even the Facebook group. Even the Facebook group, which is... www.facebook.com forward slash geek down pod hooray yeah and you can post us questions or things that you might want us to take a look at or ideas for the show just in case we run out of things to to give each other which we've had a couple panics the panics Ma- master lists have been drafted yes i think we're good just my issue is i don't want to like an alarming amount of korean things when i made the master list I like Korean stuff. Okay. As, as we figured out last as week. As we established. Friends, so hot in here. Oh my god. I'm also not feeling well. I've got my foot thing. i got a headache. My stomach's acting up. I worked last night. I'm on about like two hours of sleep. I've had like three showers today already. Because here's the thing. like, So my rent goes up if I get an AC unit. Yeah. But I got three fans going perpetually. Yeah. And I take like 17 showers a day. Does that not work out to the same like utility bill as just I don't know. You should you should test just running the cold water for like an hour and see <laughs> See if, if I get a and a surly visit from my landlord. Yeah. Be like, what are you doing? Be like, listen, <laughs> what did that equal to? Yeah. Anyway, summer has arrived in the six, as the kids call it. What do they call it? The six. What do they call the six? They call Toronto the six. Why is Toronto the six? Oh my God, you're such a grandma. You know what? Yes. Our Lord and Master, King Aubrey, has has proclaimed. I this is bandied about, but I don't know why. Drake decided that it was the six. It was the six. Because four one six and six four seven. We believe six, four, that seven, the, the area codes are four one six six four seven. Yeah. That's well, and nine oh five, depending on where you are. But anyways, um, how many? How many boroughs formed the megacity when it was... I don't think Drake is that historically oh. aware. I don't think he put that much effort into it. <laughs> I mean, when you got Scarborough, you got North York, you got Etobicoke. And when East they were York. all East York, when they were all put together, uh, you know. Yeah. I don't think he thought that. And all these people were probably also not that into the fact that we have this history of boroughs coming together to form the, the megacity. No, they are definitely not. That's how you get Rob Ford for six <laughs> years R.I.P. So yeah, it's so hot. We're a mess. Yeah, we're really out of it. But you need you need your content, friends. And we we understand that. So and frankly com- and frankly, I, I I you know I can't front. I missed you. Good to see you. You miss me. I did. I miss you all the time. You give me such a hard time over the I internet. I talk to you every fucking day. Yeah, like, it almost always give me a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't. I. Only when you're asking for I it. I came to you with, like, <laughs> actual feels last night, and you sent me a DJ Khaled, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, it was just that you were talking about stuff and I couldn't really help you out. And it was kind of an issue of your own making. And I was like, what do you want me to so say? So she sends me the you played yourself gif of TJ Khaled. Thanks, Kate. Uh, this is why our show is amazing. I gif because I care. <laughs> as, as do we all. I think, yeah, Kate sends that one. I think the one I send to you most is the one of Homer Simpson driving backwards with uh, the caption, <laughs> I'm lost. Yeah. That's the one Kate gets the most. Yeah. What's your favorite GIF? Let us know in the Facebook group or leave it for us. We'd be delighted to see it. Actually, we really would. Yeah, we, I, I need some more in the rotation. I've got my, my meme file on my iPad is uh, the, meme, the meme album on my I iPad. Just, I w- I'm always surprised by, by how many of them actually legitimately make me laugh. <laughs> I didn't know a four-second clip could make me laugh Listen, a well-executed GIF is like top-tier comedy. Like... It's true. If you pull out like the perfect GIF for that moment, it's that's as good as like anything Louis C.K. could do. I'm telling you. I think that maybe we figured out some of the issues for our generation. Is <laughs> 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 that, that we are long, so long form <laughs> storytelling is dead, and we just want a four second <laughs> looping video of of yeah Homer Simpson driving backwards. Yeah, basically. I'm fine with it. <laughs> All right, as long as we know we're fine with that. Um, okay, and I guess with that, we can move on to news. Yes, yeah, We're going to try and make it speedy so I can get out of here. These headphones are already making me sweat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Who wants to go first? Um, mine are all, like, really brief. They don't require a whole lot of discussion. Kind of mine, too, but we always end up getting into something or other. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll go first. Right. Um, I, I knew it was coming, but I didn't realize it had already come here. Uh, Finding Dory was released this weekend. Oh, it was this weekend. Yes. Um, And apparently, it had the biggest animated film opening of all time. Of all time? Of all time. I wonder what was before it. Uh, I don't know. But uh, it's done quite well. It's gotten about 136.2 million so far. Um, It has the number 18 overall opening weekend of any movie, not just... Animated, obviously. like For the year or of all time? Uh, I think of all time. <laughs> and people have been getting, giving it pretty good reviews. I've seen a couple that have said that it is even better than Finding Nemo. Um, or at least as good. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, so far, had, it has a 95%. That, as we know, doesn't really mean much as time goes on. But we'll see. And, yeah, apparently the, the technology has also come a long way. And that's mm. really improve the movie there's a lot more action and it's uh, a lot better looking i'm not one of those people who like i'm still watching stuff from the 90s on vhs so I'm not, for me the storytelling is it that like like the technology of course helps but it's not the most important thing to me kate sees some of that old parallax scrolling in a video <laughs> game and she's like this is amazing <laughs> Like, I, I still watch Fern Gully, and I know people who can't watch Fern Gully because it's just the animation is so bad. I'm sure at least at least 40% of our audience doesn't even know what you're talking about right now. It's so good. That was that, yeah, that was the, the studio that did, like, All Dogs Go to Heaven and uh, Land Before Time and shit like that, Which wasn't it? also some of my favorite movies. <laughs> it Well, Fern Gully specifically, um, someone once put it, it, it has Robin Williams in it, but Robin Williams not on cocaine. <laughs> So oh right, yeah, he plays the batty. The, yeah, well, there's a million bats in it, yeah, but no, there's just one. What? Who's the? No, the main character is a bat too, isn't he? What? In Fern Gully? Yeah. 
No, Ferngully is about fairies in a rainforest, oh. and there's one bat, and his name is Betty, and he's played by Robin Williams, and he has his own rap. Oh, that sounds awful. It's so good. I do not want to hear 80s era Robin Williams. It's not 80s, it's early 90s. Ooh, mm, mm. What? I want receipts on that. It's early 90s. I'm pretty sure. And he's looking it up. I'm a sexy new telephone. No, oh, you got lucky, McKinnon. There's luck had nothing to do with it. 1992. Early 90s, just as I said. Rocking a cool 6.5 on IMDb. 6.5? That is absurd. <laughs> why is there an... Why is there an image search result of Ferngully next to Avatar? Are they the same movie? Well, yes, they basically based Avatar off of Ferngully. <laughs> no, legitimately, Amazing. yeah. So the main character is this cool kid from the city who's working with a logging company, and then he gets shrunk down by accident because the fairy is learning how to do spells. And instead of saying fairy sight, she gives him fairy height. What? And he gets shrunk down and he has to learn about the forest and the community and feels really bad about working for this logging company. And then there's this evil spirit. And anyways, it actually has some really cool scenes in it. Well, that concludes Ferngully talk. <laughs> Kate's going to start a, a spinoff pod where she just, <laughs> talks, about talk fer- about <laughs> just talks about Ferngully. Actually, I would love to talk about like animation for my childhood <laughs> that would that would be my spinoff podcast i don't even know what my spinoff podcast would be something about perfume or it'd be like j-pop or all the all, all the sh- it's called shit i can't bring caitlin yeah we just talk about kill a kill and <laughs> yeah <laughs> and utana all for an hour uh yeah back to finding dory though uh it's pretty hard to fuck that up i mean it's the character is amazing like oh yeah and um i think that though there there's always that idea that sequels are never gonna be as good as mm. as the original um or as the first movie and it was also you know how do you extend the story without making the story the, the same yeah and they did have a really good base to go with for sure um it's just nice that i guess animated movies are getting the attention they deserve i think the character was used well enough in the first one that like you wanted to see more of her right like yeah. she wasn't overused in the first movie so that now that they have a s- second spin-off sequel whatever based around her you're not like rolling your eyes like oh i don't know if i can do like 90 minutes to two hours with this character with dory yeah um is there a whale in it uh yeah well they say show that in the trailers do they yeah not the one any of the ones i saw but pretty sure well i'm out that is a hard pass. I'm surprised you... Have you watched Finding Nemo? Very uncomfortably, yeah. Why would you do that to yourself? Yeah, like like when, when they get swallowed. Oh, that's no. That, and the thing like emerges from the murk like behind them. That's definitely like feet up on the couch, like curled in a ball. Like, oh, I yeah, hate I all, I hate all of this. Um, yeah, not, not, not a fun experience for me. I, I'm actually really astonished you watched it. The apocalypse will rise from the depths, people. I'm telling you. Or the dolphins will rise up and take us as slaves. Dolphins, I mean, they're not going to rise up to, like, take over the world. They might just rise up to rape people because they, dolphins they love, are love raping. And sexually harassing other species, yes. And the end of, end of their own species, yes. Sure, that was a plot on King of the Hill. I had no idea that was the thing that happened that on King of the That was a plot? Hank, King- Hill, Hank Hill got raped by a dolphin. That's not funny. That's awful. <laughs> it is awful, but... 
Something about Hank Hill getting assaulted by a dolphin. Go, that's that's. I didn't believe it till it was like put in front of me. I did not think that was a thing that actually happened on television. But yeah, that is. Look that one up. Weird. I will not. <laughs> that's not a thing I'm going to do. And how did we go from happy finding Dory to dolphin rape? Yeah, that's that's what people come to because it's the geek down. That's what people come for. Moving on. Yes. Uh, in fashion news, oh, because I feel news. I feel people really enjoyed our our digression into uh, Starfleet themed swimsuits <laughs> yes. a few weeks ago. Of particular relevance to this show, a company, a Japanese company called Super Groupies, terrible name, don't know what you're thinking there, has announced they are uh, taking pre-orders for Madoka Magica loungewear. Ooh, what what do they consider lounge loungewear? Uh, like you know, little shorty shorts and uh, and like a like a hoodie, fleecy, fleecy Ooh, style. Fleecy. Oh, I can do hoodies. The house. They cover most of my body. They do. Shorts are a little short, but I mean it's for around the house, so yeah. maybe you're cool with that. Uh, they are based on the post transformation outfits of the cast. Oh, okay. The whole roster is there. You can get a pink Madoka one, or a yellow mommy one, or a blue Sayaka <gasps> one. That's yeah. Or the black Homer one, which I'm sure everybody wants the most. Yeah. <laughs> have little soul gems embroidered on them uh, to give that feel as well. And yeah, these are available for pre-order if you're so interested in wearing your, your love for Madoka Magica around, around the, the house. house yeah. uh, they are not cheap, but nothing from Japan ever is. They are apparently retailing for 138,000 yen. Sorry, no, 13,800 yen. Because the rough math is you just kind of jump the decimal place over two places to the left if you want to do a, do a quick still really expensive which is at least 138 bucks yeah ah, for, for fleecy loungewear that's crazy apparently they think otaku have much more money than they actually do <laughs> i guess but if you have got way too much money and you don't want to support the geek down podcast you assholes <laughs> go and help yourself to some madoka magical loungewear at super groupies super groupies.com yeah, be careful when you put that in. Yeah, don't Google it either. No, I don't know what you're gonna, what you're gonna get there. So that was your that was the whole fashion news. Yeah, quick and to the point. What do you want me to tell you? I don't know. I I was expecting. I know usually there's some sort of thing about. Uh, I don't know. Dolphin rape? No, would you, no. We're go- that subject is over and done with. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you wanted me to tie dolphin rape into no. every story this week. I definitely did not want that to happen. Now, if you could get Hot Dog Princess into every story, <laughs> then that that would be appropriate. Hot Dog Princess would probably want a Kyoko Madoka Magica loungewear set. You think so? I think so. She seems like a Kyoko type. Oh, okay. Always, always loving a good a good Pocky. <laughs> throwing her spear around. I like Pocky. Spears and sass. That's what we go to Kyoko for. <laughs> Spears and sass and Pocky. Um, all right. Well, speaking of short and sweet, so Monopoly the musical mm. apparently is a thing, which... Should it be a thing? No. <laughs> that's the point. It should not be a thing. Nobody likes Monopoly, and if you do, it's because you're the asshole of the group of your friends. Has anybody ever played a game of Monopoly to completion? Yes. Once and it almost ruined my friendship with someone, so I refused to play it. I definitely have. I I, I was a kid. I definitely flipped a Monopoly board at my cousin <gasps> Connie. My cousin did that, and someone else I know. It it just ends up with someone flipping the board over. Yeah, I definitely had 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 enough. 
of like I don't understand why this game exists. It's not fun. It tears families and friends apart. Like I don't understand. Unless this musical is going to be like how to have a monopoly. <laughs> A business strategy. Financial ruin. The musical. <laughs> yeah. Then I I can't understand wanting to make a family musical of it. Yeah, I don't think Hamilton has anything to worry about. I don't think, I don't think the Monopoly musical is coming for Hamilton's spot. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. No. no. Rest, rest easy, Lin Manuel. Parker Brothers is not coming to take any of your guap this <laughs> this season. I think. Well, he's. I think he's good. He's already moved on. He's yeah. Already, true. Yeah. He's done in like October, isn't he? Uh, no, he's finished being part of the cast in July. Oh, I thought he was going through the whole summer. No, uh, July 9th, I think. Mm. I happen to know someone who's obsessed with the musical right now. <laughs> All right. I think he's moved. Well, he did some of the music for the new Disney princess movie, Moana. I, yeah, I could not remember the name of it. Thank you for being on point. <laughs> um, and it's he's going to be like on the Hawaii one. I don't. Oh, and he's going to, he's starring in Mary Poppins. Oh. Why? Why'd you say it like that? What? How? What? It's kind medium? of. What is this a film? Is this it's a, a film? Okay. It's kind of like a sequel. It has Emily Blunt in it as Mary Poppins, and Lin Manuel Miranda as Bert. <laughs> as Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. I'm wondering about his British accent. I've never heard Lin Manuel's British accent, so. I'm wondering about his ponytail. <laughs> Why? I guess he could still have it. He still have his ponytail. Also, in the Heights, he had short hair. So oh, did he? Yeah, I don't think I don't think the ponytail is part of his personality. No, I've never seen him without a ponytail, even like before. He was like on Humans in New York, like years before uh, Hamilton came out, and he still had the ponytail. Maybe he was writing Hamilton at the time. He was getting <laughs> Maybe a character. getting into character. Yeah, that's kind of. <laughs> it went from being really short and sweet to now with musical news or <laughs> Tony news. That's what the people want. Listen, Broadway back, baby. That's what the kids want. Love that Hamilton. Or Cats, if you were yeah, Caitlin in the late 80s. <laughs> still, how's that? We still, got, we still got an ETA for the, for the Cats <laughs> the cats film? What do you mean? You were very excited about that like a month ago, do we know? Still still on? Oh, I still on the schedule? <laughs> I have no idea. I thought you got Google alerts for that. No. I just... I'll probably, now that you mentioned it, we'll probably <laughs> do it, but... But before, I was just, it was something I was excited for. <laughs> Mostly because it helped me reminisce about my past as a small child set, in the 80s. Set your Google Now alerts for Cats musical, Cats comma musical comma film. Yeah. Okay, and have you got anything else? Uh, yeah, kind of a full circle moment of sorts. Uh, announced last week that Donald Glover, a.k.a. Childish Gambino, will be joining the cast of Spider-Man Homecoming. That is so exciting. Uh, for those not familiar, this has been a, an ongoing saga of sorts for Mr. Glover and the character of Spider-Man. Uh, I believe it was between the first two seasons of Community, so I don't know yeah, what the years are exactly. A, it was a long time ago. Um, whenever they were going to reboot Spider-Man post-Sam yeah. Raimi, Donald Glover decided he really wanted to play Peter Parker and started petitioning online for that, and somehow it went viral. Well, he, he put it on his Twitter. He wasn't even petitioning. He just put... Donald Glover for Spider-Man. It was like, yeah, Donald for Spider-Man type of thing. And it, like, blew up, became a thing. He was getting all the usual, uh, you know, fanboy rampage, butthurt from from people who... This, did this even predate Miles Morales? Mm, maybe. I'll fact check that, people, because I feel like that was... Uh, 
that was part of it as well, or that, you know, Miles was, came about also as part of, like, a middle finger to to the people who were so butthurt about the even idea of a Peter Parker of color that you could even do this. And yeah, when the new season of Community came around, his character Troy, you saw him, like, in Spider-Man pajamas. Yeah. Like, they leaned into this a few times. He actually voiced Miles Morales he in did. the cartoon of, which I believe was called Ultimate Spider-Man, yeah. but about Ultimate Peter Parker, Spider-Man, Miles Morales showed up as a supporting character for a few episodes. Uh, yeah, and now he is cast in a undetermined role. I wonder what it's going to be. Uh, obviously, people want him to play Miles. But he's too old. Who says Miles has to be a nod to... He can play a character named Miles Morales and something else. That's like, true. That's true, actually. It just... Uh, in the comic and then the cartoon... Um, my like the whole thing with Miles Morales is he's so much younger. Yeah, but maybe. I was like, and when I see like the, the <laughs> I see the fanboy butthurt about like you shouldn't play Miles, it's not right, but he's too old, blah blah blah. I was like, or you can do whatever you want because they're <laughs> fictional characters. I do guess whatever you want. Uh, yeah, but we don't know. Who I mean, he's the only playing. the only reason I'm like he's too old is because I have this hope somewhere, this little hopeful part of me that they will make a movie and it will have Miles Morales in it. <laughs> Which is kind of ridiculous because that probably will never happen. But I thought I heard somebody speculate that he was going to play a character called the Tinker, which is like a minor Spider-Man villain. I think I don't know. I haven't checked the receipts on that. But either way, a nice a nice nod to Glover's legacy of nerddom, I guess, and a nice full circle moment. And I'm glad he got cast in it for him. And he's apparently he'd been quiet for a minute. Like he he does this where he like vanishes. Yeah, like he shutters all of his social media or whatnot. Uh, apparently he's making moves on that front again. Might have something musical coming down um, the pipe again. He also was in The Martian. Yes, he was. Uh, which is always weird because, yeah, he is so he's become kind of really ambivalent about press and whatnot. So when he pops up in like a giant Hollywood blockbuster and then has to go do like traditional press and like, yeah. show up on Conan and he walks out in his fucking track shorts and <laughs> threadbare t-shirt that he was touring um, because the internet f- went in sitting cross-legged on the couch it's in sandals it's like mm, what's going on with you don uh, <laughs> hope you hope you're all right he's also got a show on fx called atlanta which i don't even know what it was supposed to be about or if it was a comedy or a drama or what that's the last thing i heard he was working on uh i don't know when that's getting released but the world is better with childish gambino in it i know people who disagree with me i don't care they are incorrect <laughs> what, what do they disagree about uh, there are people who think that there are many people who think he's not a good MC, and I've been I've been on board with his skills as the rapper basically from day one. Um, he infamously got like a 1.8 on Pitchfork for his first album. Is that bad? Yes, they rate at a 10. Oh wow, that is harsh. And I listened to that album, uh, which is called Camp, which came out while he was still on Community. It really kind of, like, was telling a story I hadn't heard before of, like, the nerdy black kid. Like, yeah. Like, some of the raps were clumsy. Some of his punchlines were a little, mm. But he was, like, saying something that I hadn't heard in rap before, which was, you know, being a nerdy black kid who... You're black, so obviously the white kids... Some white kids are going to have a problem with you. Yeah. But you also, quote-unquote, talk good and, like, you know, weird nerdy stuff. Yeah. So, in Atlanta, in, you know, southern United States and Georgia... You don't have an accent. You don't. You don't really fit in. Want to get into that crowd? They have a problem with you as well. Uh, yeah, I've always been on board. I think he's. I think he's 
a fantastic MC because the internet, I really, there are at least five good songs. Yeah, I think people just think he's like, anytime it seems like somebody comes out of nowhere and just decides they want to be a rapper, there's always going to be some resistance from who like, you know, authenticity is everything in rap, right? So if they think you're just, if you're f- interloper, right. and this is just something you do for funsies, they're not going to give you the respect that maybe you deserve. But I mean, Chance the Rapper is the bell of the ball right now, and I would not even know who Chance the Rapper was if it wasn't for Childish, because he put him on a bunch of records, Donald showed up on Chance's record, Chance toured with Donald, I saw Gambino at Echo Beach in Toronto a few years ago, and Chance was the opener, like, when nobody knew, really knew who the fuck he was, like, right. he does a lot, and it's irritating when people don't give, don't, real recognize real, you know, <laughs> it's irritating when people don't acknowledge that the dude's actually got like skills and he's worked towards well i also think it's really impressive that he's also a really good stand-up comedian and a really good actor and maybe people are just jealous that's what my mom used to tell me whenever (laughs) people used to pick on me on to other black people doing things wow where's the lie it's not a lie it's just not the only part you know what you're just politically incorrect He's a black man who's doing something. It's not just about him, though. And he does lots of things. We're talking about Idris Elba. Anyways. The Dark Tower. Yes. Which... The thing that he's doing. Is, yeah. And other people, too. Like Matthew McConaughey. Ooh, McConaughey's in it? Yeah. He's playing the man in black. I have a bigger problem with that way more than I do with Idris Elba playing Roland. I don't have any problem with Idris Elba playing Roland. Yeah, neither do I. That was the point of what I just said. Oh, you said you had way more of a problem with McConaughey playing. It's all about... It's really hot. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it alone. You're just like itching for a fight. you like... <laughs> dolphin rape. You know what? You do stop! <laughs> uh, it's really hot. Drink your Gatorade. <laughs> I am going to drink my Gatorade. But after I talk about this story... It's normally a story. It's just that... Some of the teasers and set photos have come out for the Dark Tower, and if you didn't know they were making a Dark Tower movie, now you do. Um, and Idris Elba plays the main character, which... Roland the Gunslinger. Yes. And Matthew McCann- McConaughey plays the Man in Black, whose name I actually can't remember. He does have a name, though. Uh, and... I'm really excited about it. Yeah, just say what this is. You just want an excuse to talk about well, how Idris Elba. You, you thought Idris Elba looked in the photos you saw. Partially. I was also just really excited that we've got... I, I mean, I, kn- I knew they had cast him, but you, we really haven't heard much else. And The Dark Tower, since 2007, has been going through the motions of coming to film. Mm. It was supposed to be first directed by J.J. Abrams. Really? and then Yeah, and then it got dropped by J.J. Abrams. And then, oh, famous director, has red hair, um, always puts Tom Hanks in things. You know exactly who I'm talking about when you yeah, I do. say it. I just like to see you walk your way around to it. I just, uh, his brother it was in a whole bunch of stuff. She knows Clint, but she can't summon the name of Ron Howard. <laughs> That's it. Ron Howard was supposed to direct, and then he dropped it, and then finally this director... To go make a fucking whale movie. <laughs> Nikolai Arcel, I think his name is. Mm. Anyways, he's directing now. I think Ron Howard is still producing, and Stephen King is excited. <laughs> 
that's the whole story. That's basically. the whole story. But Stephen I'm just King excited that you, we're finally getting set photos, and I'm not big on you know every single thing that comes out. I want to see. It's just this was something I really liked, and I was really excited when I first found out that they were thinking of putting it on film, and now it's sort of actually going to happen. I went through in late elementary, early high school, went through my Stephen King phase where I read like everything I could possibly get my hands on. I feel like I tried The Dark Tower and I cannot remember a single thing from any of those books. So this movie's going to be super exciting for you. Aside from, I believe there was a moment where somebody stuck a gun up a woman's hoo-ha. Possibly. I really feel like that was a thing that It's happened. been a long time. It's been, it, they're pretty dark, those books. But I didn't read everything Stephen King because I get scared very easily so I had to be very selective and someone thought I would like the Dark Tower series and I did moving on I think that's it oh, oh we, should ta- we should talk about we should talk about game developer Barbie yes it's kind of a big deal for the kids yeah well the, I mean the big part of it is that they attempted something like it yes um, they, and just crashed they tried and computer scientist Barbie who thought math classes were really hard apparently and, and it was and she wanted code to, without ken yeah or, or it's one of the boys i don't know philip or eduardo or Who the fuck is Philip? i don't know they always have really ridiculous names for the male characters <laughs> you never get a steve or a roger you always <laughs> get like like ocean or something <laughs> <laughs> if there are any oceans out there i'm sorry i wasn't making fun of your name i'm just saying wow Surly. <laughs> I am very warm, and I have a headache. And my foot hurts. My stomach's gone crazy. Anyway, this was announced earlier in the year. Uh, Mattel apparently does this, you know, career of the year line for Barbie, and or they pick a career that you know, showcases all the things that Barbie and ipso facto women can be or yep. young girls can be. And they announced that it was going to be game developer Barbie this year, and on hot on the heels of E three. Wrapping up, they revealed the first sort of teaser images of her. Yeah. Um, she's wearing sensible sneakers and a jean jacket. She has red hair. Awful red hair. It's like tomato red. And I think the idea is that she's, you know, she's edgy. She's probably dyed. Yeah. No, I get that. She's not a very nice red color. She doesn't want to be nice. <laughs> she wants to make <laughs> games, Caitlin. <laughs> Uh. And apparently, I mean, I would not notice this, but uh, those in the community noticed that her laptop has actual code on it. Oh, really? It's not just apparently computer scientist Barbie just had like matrix lines of ones and zeros, green (laughs) ones and zeros on her lap on her pink laptop. She had a pink laptop there. Right. Now there's anything wrong with pink. I really, I really love, I really love to try to play both ways that all these articles are trying to get. Yeah. It's like, thankfully, she doesn't have a pink laptop anymore. Now there's anything. You can have a pink laptop. It's fine. It's fine. We, we fucking hate pink laptops, but you can have one. That's fine. Um, yeah, apparently, they can make out, I think they said, there's a programming language called Hacks, H-A-X-E, I think I saw. Um, I'm probably wrong. I haven't programmed since, like, basic. But it looks like, you know, you could speculate that, like, hey, Barbie's making a bejeweled clone in Flash. A bejeweled clone in Good for Flash. her. Uh, I don't. They don't use Flash anymore, but that's okay. Maybe not the fine HTML5. Probably not the Swift. Not the easy street to profitability, perhaps. But hey, you're trying, Barbie. Good for you. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I believe your line earlier was pretty apt about <laughs> game developer line? Barbie. What did I say about? Was this before we went on, Mike? 
Yeah. What did I say? I don't remember. You said it does not come with broken dreams. <laughs> <laughs> or broken dreams sold separately. Broken, dream, broken dreams and, uh, and you know, uh, harassment-fueled exile <laughs> from the industry, not included. Not included. Uh, uh, or your... 35,000 student loans. Yeah. $35,000 student loans. Crippling student debt and <laughs> uh, and online harassment sold separately. Yeah. And a lot of people also apparently seem to enjoy the fact that in the in the text accompaniment to game developer Barbie, it is pointed out that like game development requires lots of different things like storytelling and yeah. visual design and things of that sort. Because maybe you don't want to just straight coding. Maybe they want to work more on the user experience and there are things that go into making games besides just clacking away in a there coding are. interface. So there are. People seem to like that Mattel is highlighting that. So after the disaster of computer scientist Barbie, <laughs> they appeared, appear to have righted the ship and that's very, very cool. Hope it, hopefully it's not too little too late. I don't think it will be. It also pairs nice with like, I know Apple at their developers conference announced they were releasing a free app that was basically going to teach kids to like code in swift which is their their language for making apps can i use it too yes you can Uh. well no you need a device to use it on oh i don't know if it will be available for microsoft devices it might be you never know you never know a little something for something for the ladies it's not as good as hot dog princess but i'll take it (laughs) what is as good as hot dog princess a doctor coming out of nowhere and ringing me up and saying that I can eat all the chocolate and pastries and cheese that I want forever and I'll never get sick. This has been a hard week for Caitlin, apparently. <laughs> it's been a very hard week for Caitlin. I just want to point out, Caitlin keeps offering me cookies from this box <laughs> of her, like, you know, no milk, egg, oh, no. gluten, I'm anything. Gonna, I'll, no, I'll, I'll go through it. There's no wheat, there's no gluten, there's no milk, peanuts, tree nuts, mustard, sulfites, egg, sesame, soy, fish, crustaceans, or shellfish. This is all very ironic because it's from a company called Enjoy Life, which is about the last thing you will do (laughs) if you eat these cookies. It's not true. They're actually pretty good. Sprinkle some sugar on some cardboard. You'd be about... You know what? I can't even go to Zumba anymore, so I need something, (laughs) Jordan. Seriously, you can't go to Zumba at all? No, I just have to I'm I have to be careful with my foot and I'm not allowed to do, go like bouncing around and that is Zumba. That is what you do at Zumba. So, I have to take it easy for the next little while. Get you on some do some yoga? Uh, but flexibility. I'm a stretching. chubby girl. Yeah. So, yoga makes me feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the happy baby pose makes everybody feel bad. Well, and then when they're like, touch your, touch the ground or touch your toes, and I'm like, I can't. Tell, tell you what we're not going to do. P.S. Happy belated Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Uh, my parents wanted me both to know, apparently, that um, even though my father has been putting on a little weight, can still see his dick. <laughs> I'm sorry. For why? Why would your parents want you to know this? Why do my parents want me to know anything they tell me? <laughs> I don't understand. Uh, and this is to i guess happy father's day to my stepdad and to my father who (laughs) when i was a kid i used to say i used to have two dads and everyone used to think that (laughs) that meant i had two gay gay dads dads. it does not mean that always so you know shouts to robert and uh stewart is that That, that's right shouts to robert and stewart hope y'all can still see your dicks too what no (laughs) no oh this it's too hot for this. <laughs> Having another cookie. 
Caitlin's going to have another cookie. I'm going to go dunk my head in the toilet. And we're going to come back here in a short break and talk about the things we brought each other. Hopefully it will be a dolphin-free and dick-sighting free. <laughs> I can't. Welcome back to Geek Down. Um, thank you for rejoining us. Hopefully you came back. Uh, sorry things got a little bit silly at the end there. It is, as we mentioned before, quite hot. Um, and uh, can be a tiny bit hard to focus all of the time. Or to speak with proper um, enunciation. Right, Jordan? The 15 fleets of construction going on in this neighborhood right now. Like, this is the other benefit to recording on weekends, because these people do not do this no. on weekends. So, uh, apologies for all the uh, jackhammering. And Can they hear the jackhammering? Um, hold on. They won't hear it that much. They're going to hear it. So, I apologize for that, but if you think on a day like today we are closing that window... It's not happening. You are just going to have to deal. I will do my best to mix this appropriately. <laughs> Um, this, of course, is the part of the show where we give each other something to watch and review and think about, and then we come back and talk about it. Yeah. Something uh, we would not have come across on our own, more than likely. Probably not. Probably not. There are, of course, three rules. You gotta have rules. It's very important. There's chaos without them. You need to have structure, you need to have guidelines, and these are ours. Uh, the first one, Jordan. The rule of three. Which is the rule that whatever we give each other, if it comes in episodes or sections or parts, we have to at least watch or read or consume three of them. It's a product that runs serially. You have to consume three parts of it because the first part probably not give you any sense of where it's going to go or what it can do. So just give it a chance. Yeah. And uh, the second rule is uh, called... Save it for the pod. Which is basically the idea that we will not talk about the thing we gave the other person until we are in front of microphones. Can be very hard. It can be very, very difficult. difficult. Thankfully, we have found other things <laughs> that we can talk about on Facebook. <laughs> my, my touch on that. on Save that for updates. But yeah, we're, we're, we're doing all right. Although there was one thing this week where I was like... Almost broke. Almost broke the embargo. Almost broke. Oh, well, I'm, I'm really excited to hear about it. Actually. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you are. Um. Oh dear. Okay. And the third rule, which isn't really a rule, it's just our policy, which has to do with we gonna spoil shit. Yeah. Whether it's in the earlier part of the show with the news portion, or us just you know talking about whatever, like rap and food and <laughs> diets and Zumba, dolphin rape, and uh, God, just you set me right up for it. It doesn't mean you had you to take said, it. It, yeah. it didn't mean I had to take it. <sighs> Anyways, whatever it is, we may spoil something, but particularly in this section of the show, yes. we will spoil plots and surprises and things you will encounter while watching. Yes. And those are our rules slash guidelines. Yep. Each week we like to alternate the thing that we lead off with 
Last week, we led off with Mina Caitlin's new favorite show. Pasta. (laughs) (laughs) And this week, that means we're going to lead off with the thing I gave Jordan, which was Alphas. Alphas. Alphas is a science fiction series about people with special slash uh, super abilities. It ran on the sci-fi network for two seasons, amounts to 24 episodes, and it commenced July 11th, 2011, so quite a while ago, and ended October 22nd, 2012. It was created by uh, Zach Penn and Michael Carnow. Zach Penn, people may know from writing um, X2, X-Men, Last Stand. Uh, Also, he co-wrote The the Avengers. Um, So he's worked on other kind of sci-fi-esque stuff. And basically, it's entered centers around part of a government sponsored you could even call it agency or group of people with these special powers who are there to keep others with powers in line whether that means you know finding them and having them join the team or it means making sure that if they did commit a crime they are put away for that that is their their goal so jordan what did you think of alphas shut up gary Oh. That's what I think of Alphas. I, I liked Gary. Hooray for inclusivity and representation and diversity. Mm-hmm. Shut up, Gary. I like Gary. He got better. He did. The I, first step of the pilot. I was going to say, I think I told you that the pilot you did. is not good. You did say the pilot was very piloty. Yeah. Um, although it did give me an excuse to see David Strahan in a Speedo, which who doesn't, who doesn't, <laughs> who doesn't want, want that? that? Uh, why is he in this? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but he's really good in it. He is. He's probably the best part. Uh, yeah, don't get what he's doing in this at all. I've never seen Heroes. Right. This just felt like... Wait, 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 wait. You've never seen Heroes? No. <gasps> yeah, so maybe you should have gave me that. Because <sighs> even, even not knowing anything about Heroes, this felt like the no-name version of Heroes. <laughs> like, I just... This came in a yellow box with Helvetica that just said Heroes on it. Right. And I watched that instead of the actual... <laughs> actual heroes show heroes is so much better than this show <laughs> i wish i had known you and sincere heroes but the I solitary am- season of heroes that was produced yes yes the one season of heroes is so bad the they one didn't make season any show others. of heroes oh well i mean i did i did like the show i'm not gonna say i didn't but it definitely wasn't as good as heroes but besides that we'll talk about that some other time <laughs> when i give you heroes and we can make a comparison um did you enjoy anything about it there were some, like, it's really hard for someone like me. It's really hard to do superpowers. Right. Because they have all been done. It's really hard to do something new, different, different with yeah. them. So we rattle off some of the characters here. Um, I have the names. I, <laughs> please help with the names. Uh, um, there's Dr. Lee Rosen, who, as we mentioned, is played by... David Strahern. Strahern, we think. Um, and then there, I don't know the other actors' names, but there's the character of uh, Gary Bell, who, um, he has the power of transduction. See electromagnetic stuff. Stuff. Um, there's Cameron Hicks, who, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but he basically can, his brain can see things and speed it up time, and he can move really quickly and has super reflexes. Oh, it's the guy from the pilot? Yes. That they find? Yeah, he's basically... 
the shorthand is that he's bullseye just with a few yeah, tweaks. Yeah. Um, and then there's uh, Rachel Perzad, who can enhance one of her five senses. Yes. Um, there is Nina Thoreau, who has the ability to, I mean, they call it pushing, but it's basically she can just say to someone to do something it's and they do it. The Enchantress. Yeah. And uh, there's Bill Harkin, who basically kind of hulks out. Bill was actually the one I liked the best, yeah, because it was... Basically, he gets strong if he's scared. Yeah, he has a flight or fight response that he can activate at any time, and he can basically... So, like, yeah, whenever his reptile brain engages, he gets super strength, but he yeah. can't maintain it because you can't... You know, if you try to maintain that level of stress on your body... You'll have a you'll, you'll conk out. Very hard to bring new tweaks on superheroes bill was the one i thought as a character did the best job that was something i hadn't seen before a lot of other things in this show i feel like i had (laughs) seen before and i'm probably doing myself a disservice because it has now been a few days since i saw it right because you know i watched it on thursday because we were going to record on friday and now it's been a few days and a lot of it has evaporated from my brain oh wow Um, it just went in one year and out the other oh yeah not the most active viewing experience as well. I'm not going to lie. Did, did Callum Keith Rennie not commit to this show? What was going on with their like federal liaison where it kept like bouncing back and forth between? I don't know. I remember the pilot being specifically like, I don't, cause someone like me to you, someone said, Hey, I think you'd really like the show. Mm. And I watched the first, like I watched the pilot and was like, this show is one of the worst shows I've ever watched. I don't know if I can watch it. And then they said, oh, just keep on watching and you're going to start to really like it. And sure enough, I did. Um, It was kind of just a fun thing that I would watch. I wasn't expecting, and I'd already seen Heroes, so I wasn't expecting Heroes level (laughs) stuff. But it definitely does get better as it goes along. But I think in the beginning they did have some trouble with pacing and characters. I'd even say you could probably, if you want to check this show out, and maybe if I had done this, I might have a more... It might have stayed with me more. You just bypass the pilot. The pilot. You just start on episode two. You're not going to... It'll fill you in with some bad voiceover, but it'll still (laughs) fill you in. Um, Because even like the David Strahan character seemed like... I don't know if this comes back later, but he seemed like a totally different character. He was like this granola, like vegan hippie type guy when the Callum Keith Rennie comes to his house. Yeah. To tell him about, you know, the latest assignment with like, you know, the Speedo in the bathrobe and like drinking weird matcha sludge or whatever (laughs) none of that came back later like that was all tossed out and there was a weird moment where like him and the fed were like having a discussion but apparently one of them wasn't available because david strahan was clearly there on location but callum keith rennie was not (laughs) (laughs) so it would be like david strahan is clearly there flip to the callum keith rennie you know covered shots and he's like clearly on a green screen I don't remember that. That was it was so <laughs> jarring. I was like, "What is what? You're gonna just like overdub this? Like, there's some weird choices that were getting made." Yeah, you can probably the pilot is about what was his name, Cameron Bullseye. Yeah. Basically, about he's a former Marine, I think, and he's like just like a works at a grocery store, and basically gets hypnotized or post hypnotic suggestion into killing somebody who's been taken into federal custody the way in which he does it is kind of cool i guess uh with some bullet curvature sort of thing sniping across like 15 blocks but it's basically the whole point is just to set up for them to find him and bring him onto the team which is that's a you know that's a trope of yeah these sort of 
team, super team narratives. Super team. Uh, X-Men especially is always yeah. that, you know. Go find them and invite them to the team and you're an X-Men now. That's basically what this Unless was. Unless they kill the character, but there's a whole other story. <laughs> Caitlin's still working out some things. So many issues. Um, I also enjoyed, I mean, this is more of a deep cut, but again, I'm a fucking nerd who's been reading comics for, you know, most of my life. Yeah. The antagonist in the second episode who basically, he's basically long shot from yeah. the comics where like he can like look at a situation and basically calculate flukes basically where like, well, if I throw this pebble into the street at this time, this truck's going to hit it and then it's going to veer 15 degrees that way and hit this thing you know he basically makes like oh what the fuck are those oh elaborate yeah, the machines rube goldberg that's it type of uh you know disasters to to kill people and that was a moment where i felt like the writing just couldn't help itself like it's a very fine line between being clever and precious yeah and his breakout where he essentially like i think he used like a quarter it was like a quarter that keeps is a recurring motif in that episode and it involves snap this quarter at that tank at this time it's gonna blow mist into this dude's face and he's gonna stagger half a foot that way and then i'll kick the thing and it'll go into and basically he he constructs and you see it break down in his head what he's thinking and then it all plays out according to plan he rolls the like you know prison ambulance that he's in and he walks out but then the last thing and i mean i guess he had to because the quarter played such a big thing later on that quarter just rolls perfectly out of the carnage directly to his foot and he just picks it back up. I'm like, really? That's I was fine. I could suspend my disbelief for everything else <laughs> except for that. But that was just too cute, and I, it's just that really, <laughs> it bummed me out. I mean, yeah, it's not. It's doing the best with what it's got. Yeah, the characters are endearing enough. They're acted well enough. I liked. Um, they try to at least for a couple of them, give them backstories. I don't know if Bill's wife ever comes back. She was in the pilot. I have not seen her since. Um, I, I honestly, I now have to, might have to rewatch it because there's so much. I'm like, I don't throw out these that. details, and Caitlin does not remember any of it. Uh, there's a bit with uh, what is Senses Girl? What is her name? Senses. Oh, um, her name is Rachel. That was another nice plot detail with her. Is whatever when she's enhancing, the rest of them are like not yes a factor because there's one moment where she's like snuck into a building, and I don't know which one she's enhanced smell or sight or something, but it means like her hearing is like gone like yeah. they're trying to call her on the radio saying he's coming back to the room and that's how they're building the suspense is because she can't hear it because she's still like in there trying to like see things she had a b plot about you know her relationship with her family and she's from a what is her background again i remember i remember there the family stuff and it comes up a couple times i cannot remember where she was from originally could it have been Iran? Is that? Because there was like an arranged, there was an arranged marriage portion to it where they kept trying to like force her into like marrying, finding her someone to marry type yeah. of thing. Because the third episode, the antagonist was a dude who could like produce pheromones that basically caused riots and caused people to like go red and just start attacking each other. Yeah. And he does this in his escape and she has. I said, yeah, like, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, get that. I, it comes up I, all the time. I remember that. But in comics, it does come up actually quite often. <laughs> And, yeah, so he sets this off to try and enable his escape because he's been taken in for questioning by the David Strahan super team. And she's, like, her freak out. She doesn't, like, fight with anybody. She's on the phone with her mother. And, you know, her subplot is always trying to, like, build build her confidence. You know, she can't stand up to her mother. 
yeah. type of thing. And she, the way she wigs out on her mom really savagely <laughs> was a nice touch. So it's not completely devoid of any enjoyment. I think, though, if you don't like Gary... You ca- it Sorry. Yeah, I led with that. I did not say the thing. I did not say what it was. Gary is on the spectrum. Yes. Um, he's not comic relief, no. really. He's a valued member of the team. Just as being somebody on the spectrum can be a little much to deal with. Parents of autistic children, you are heroes, every one of you, because... Lord Almighty! I see a I lot to endure. Loved Gary, and I I thought it was really well acted. But I think if you he's a central character, and I think if you don't like the character, then it's very much like Misfits. If you don't like the characters, you're mm. not gonna want to keep on watching. And like I say, I th- I feel like in the pilot they were like, man. Gary is it. This is what's <laughs> going to make this show. This is what's going to do it for us. This is what's going to set us apart. This is what's going to make us President's Choice brand heroes and not no-name heroes. <laughs> but I think then the pilot came out and Gary did not test as well yeah. as maybe they thought he was going to. So they kind of, in the second and third episodes, he kind of gets reeled back a bit. Yeah. I can't even point to like a specific moment and I'm probably going to sound like an asshole if I did, but just, man, Gary, you are coming with a lot on this show and see i just gary for me is like the stand like was the standout i loved gary Ooh. but i also really liked all the characters of misfits so i can't i totally get it though i've been talking i talked to some other people about misfits as well and they i was talking about one some of the reasons why you didn't like it and the characters and they were all like yeah no couldn't watch that <laughs> sounds like a dick like i couldn't i couldn't do it and i was like i wonder why i liked it so much <laughs> Maybe there's something wrong with me. Well, you obviously have no problems with assholes, or you wouldn't be doing this show for 21 episodes. Oh! oh! And he burned himself. I'm not above burning myself. It's all all for the bit. Do it for the bit. <laughs> but was there anything that... Uh, no specific standouts that you did like, or no. plots that really... No? Okay. No. That's all right. They can't, they can't all be winners, Kate. No, no. Um, We've so, been having a good run lately. So what's your uh, rating? Uh, again, I, my, my default rule is always like, it's a show. And it, it works. It tells a, a story. <laughs> so it's a five. Wow. Okay. So that is a definite mess. It's not a, it's not a total failure, but I mean, there are things you have brought to me that are like, I want to get to way before, way right. more than I'll ever get back to this. Like, yeah. If we're looking at it compared to other things you've given me, this is not getting got to no. anytime soon miss no. fisher would probably get <laughs> get got to yeah that is a that. good show uh had a nice chat with that about that <laughs> with my dad too me, me and dad dad loves the costumes yeah they're fantastic dad, dad and the man love him some some franny fisher so yeah an unfortunate miss for alphas uh show is done right it went for three seasons no two seasons two seasons yeah it it got canceled after two seasons they left it on a cliff ta- cliffhanger which i was very unhappy about hate when that happens um it does I'm gonna say it gets a lot better later on, and Summer Glau shows up, and when she shows up, that makes me happy. It's a chick from Serenity, right? Yes, yeah, she Firefly? played River from Serenity. Another character who bugged me for ninety percent of the time she was what? on that show. Okay, yeah, no, I wish I'd known that. I definitely would have given you this. I mean, it's 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 the Mary Sue problem, right? Like you're a special snowflake, and everyone should do everything. Everyone should stop their lives for whatever your problem is, River. <laughs> You only got good when you finally womaned up and started kicking people's asses in Serenity. And murdering them? Yes. Oh. It was finally like, finally, finally you did something. 
instead of getting people killed and ruining their lives. She shot those guys in war stories. I don't know what that is. It's an episode of Firefly. I haven't seen Firefly in like six years. I would definitely get back to rewatching Firefly I was in a heartbeat before, <laughs> I, before I watch Alphas. Uh, okay, well, there you go, folks. Definite miss. Um, though if you would like to talk about it with me, feel free to hit me up on the Facebook page. It's, uh, it's out there. You can even find it on very popular video streaming sites. Free video streaming sites that you all go to 90 million times a day anyway. Probably. It's all on there. And now it's your turn. Moving on. So yeah. this is one. This is a weird one. Again, so I always end up giving you ones that I don't even know if I like that much. It's just I'm curious what you think of them. Right. So what I gave Caitlin was a very weird, although not that weird, because there will be a come around to this. There will be a full circle moment for this. Okay. At the end of our segment. All right. This is a Vertigo Superman book. Yes. Called It's a Bird. It is a 2004 graphic novel by Steven Siegel and Teddy Christensen. Uh, this is a writer-artist duo who have worked a number of times together over the years. Most notably, I guess, on Vertigo work. They did House of Secrets uh, for Vertigo and a number of other Sandman adjacent projects. Um, I don't know what they've been up to recently. I don't even know what Steven Siegel's been up to recently. But this was a graphic novel they did, autobiographical graphic novel about uh, Steven Siegel being offered the opportunity to pitch for Superman. Yeah. He'd been working for Vertigo DC for a long time, and the editor called him up and said, we want to know if you got any ideas for Superman. And he does not. He no. does not like the character. He's never really, it's never really resonated with him. He thinks Superman is kind of all kinds of bullshit. And on the one hand, that sounds really boring and indulgent. Writers writing about writing can be, if you're not, if that's not your lane, that can be irritating as hell. I understand that. In there as well is a lot of stories about, or like a B plot about, uh, is it the death of his mother? No, it's, um, or an aunt. It kind of, it's about Huntington's disease. Yes. He, the Huntington's, Huntington's disease, which runs in his family. Which and is it starts with the death of his grandmother and then moves on to the very advanced stage of Huntington's disease that his aunt has and mm. sort of the disappearance of his father. And it's a uh, Huntington's disease is a neurological disorder where basically, you, I haven't read this in a very long time. I'm sure he has a very apt description of what it's like, but it's basically just your body just turns on you and yeah. your brain stays together. But similar to Parkinson's or any sort of like neurological disease like that where your body just stops doing what your brain tells wants it to do. Yeah. And you essentially kind of become trapped in your own body, which sounds terrible. Yeah. So there's th him dealing with that sort of those family issues his young wife, fiance, I don't know what she is. Girlfriend. Girlfriend. Um, they're getting serious. They're getting more serious. They're moving in. They want to talk about children. It's not a conversation he wants to have because he feels basically that he's walking around with tainted goods yeah. and does not want to run the risk of passing this gene because Huntington's is genetic. Genetic. Um, running the risk of passing that gene to a potential uh, child that he might have because it skips a generation as well. Isn't that uh, really what they believe? Yeah. And, th but there's also some other thing about like, if it skips a generation, then you won't, then you're, you can't pass it on to your children mm. and you won't get passed on. And then the whole thing with, well, that's sort of the ending with the whole thing with the ant is that it's proven that it hasn't skipped a generation. Oh. So, yeah. 
So basically, yes, he's having all these family issues while his, while being presented with what for anyone else would be the you know career opportunity of a lifetime for a comic writer as he works through those issues and has a lot of meditations every you know 10 pages or so there will be these little two-page thought experiments meditations on, on superman. superman what he means the nietzsche and ubermensch to the, the does the jewishness come into it at all um, a little bit when he's talking about colors mm. um and then there's also a whole bunch of other philosophical stuff Trying to work out, trying to find his way into Superman because he knows it's an opportunity he should try to take, but he just can't find his way into the character. Uh, it's a very weird book. It's out of print, I'm sure. Kind of came and went. Got some good reviews at the time. I was probably there more for Christensen's art than than Siegel's writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I greatly enjoy Teddy Christensen's work. There's an old DC book called Solo, which would basically give artists, just let artists do whatever they want wanted to. And there are many great issues of that book. One of the best is Teddy Christensen's. Caitlin McKinnon. Yeah. What did you make of this um, thing? <laughs> I had a really hard time figuring that out. I still do, <laughs> as we can as we can tell by me humming and hawing. I suppose it's not an easy answer to give for something like this. No. I could... A, I didn't really like the art. I don't know. It's not really a style I like. There's some things I did like where the artist goes in and out of making things really abstract and then bringing mm. them into focus again. I thought that was that was neat. It should be said, Christensen works. Um, he's a Danish artist, I think, and he's really he's, my vocabulary fails me. Scratchy, I guess is the yeah yeah. It's a little raw. Really pencil pastel based not clean ink lines no. not that sort of thing and that that's fun i just i don't know what i i maybe it was the colors i didn't really like or the he's got interesting his anatomy yeah the way he draws people can be a little yeah strange um and i could see what um seagull was doing with the story wanting to sort of bring these elements together i don't think it always worked yeah, and I don't know. I don't know that he quite pulled it off. Either. I think it would have. I think if it was a comic book just about Huntington's or a comic book just about the philosophy of Superman, I think it actually would have worked better. Mm. I think trying to bring them in together didn't quite go. If that makes any sense, I. Isn't part of it as well that one of his first exposures to Superman was getting a comic while he was in the hospital. It, it with was, his grandmother it was while hearing about Huntington's and yeah. And, mm. and uh, hearing about his grandma, grandmother being dead. And, and that was one of the reasons why he doesn't like Superman. Mm. But I don't think that like, again, it, that's sort of that, I guess you'd say touchstone for it, uh, for that, those ideas running throughout. But again, it doesn't really mesh well. Because there, in between all that, there's also these discussions about what is justice and what Superman used to be. And I think that would have been more interesting just on its own mm-hmm. without the Huntingtons. Because I think the Huntingtons was a completely different story. Um, well, how did the Superman parts work for you? Because you are someone who I think it's fair to say has had issues with Superman. Eh, Sometimes. I'm okay with Superman. Sometimes. You, you've, you've, you know, you made mention before of sometimes we're like, you know. You see Superman doing X, but, you know, stop getting the kitten out of a tree. The bombs are exploding and... Yeah, yeah. And th- I mean, that was all that's... I mean, that's stuff that people 
people have brought that up with a lots of different superheroes, mm. right? And anytime there's a superhero, you know, stopping robbers, <laughs> they sort of are like, they're kind of bigger issues. Or if there are massive issues, they say, but what about the real criminals yeah. of like the Wall Street bankers? <laughs> like, you know, why aren't you stopping them? Um, and that that was interesting. Those are the parts I actually really liked. I liked his little Superman thought experiments where he had maybe this is the story I'm going to tell. Mm. And it would be like one to two pages of a mock comic yeah. in the comic, which I thought was cool. Um, and then it would sort of flash into the back into the real world. And, you know, it's it's sort of these ideas of like, this is maybe where I'll go with this and why it won't work for him. Mm. I actually I like that the most. OK. I thought that worked the best. And especially in that type of art, it worked really well because it was almost like he was drawing them where he was standing. And sure enough, whenever he would be r- doing it, mm. someone would then, he'd pop out of, into the real, back into the real world and someone would say, what are you writing? Or yeah. aren't you listening to me? And he's like, sorry, I have to like write these ideas down while I've got them. Um, so I really liked that part of it. But again, I would, then it would, yeah. I just didn't think it flowed quite right. Mm -hmm. And I think an exploration of more of the history and philosophy of Superman would have been better. I would have enjoyed that more. So of the two parts you would have taken, you would have taken that. Yeah, because that's what the comic is supposed to be about. Well, I mean, it's his comic can be anything he wants. But (laughs) it, it was a super man, I'm doing this in bunny ears, comic. <laughs> Though I did, and, and this, it's also, it's hard because Huntington's, for a long time, like he says in the comic, no one talked about it. Mm. It was something to be ashamed of. Yeah, I didn't even hear about it until I read this comic the first time. And this was, this comic came out, when did you say, what year was it? it was 2004. Yeah, so that's a quite a long time ago. And part of it in, like, part of it is having that discussion about something and him doing his part to make Huntington something that people could discuss or know about. Mm-hmm. I think, what does he say at one point at the beginning? He says Huntington's is not a, like, what's the word he gives to it? it it's not that it's, it's that it, Huntington's is not a popular disease. It's also not a famous disease. Like it, like no stars have had Huntington's. Yeah. There's no, um, there's no ribbon to put on your, you know, lapel at an yeah. award show for Huntington's awareness. Yeah. Um, and he said, like, just people like my poor, you know, grandmother, you know, have died from it. Mm. And I could see why he wanted to do that, m- sort of make a comic have more meaning. But again, I don't think it always worked. And I would have liked just a comic about ex- exploring that and the shame and what it means to have something that families won't talk about and how it can impact generations after you and the mm-hmm. decisions you make and that kind of thing. So there are t- almost like there could have been two completely separate comics in there. Each of which you would have liked better than what yeah, you got. Yeah, then, then I got, got it. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that I gave this to you this week because if this was the you know first and only Vertigo Superman book, the first and only Vertigo Batman book came out this week this is oh, not really? a thing this is not a thing i knew existed uh or was going to exist it showed up at my work oh and i saw it it's called dark knight without the k okay it is by paul dini oh really batman the animated series it is also autobiographical really yes 
Paul Dini, while he was a writer at on um, Batman the Animated Series, following a stint at Tiny Toons and Animaniacs and all that sort of thing, yeah. he apparently, after a date with a young starlet who was only trying to use him for connections to Spielberg, yeah. um, his very tenuous and thin and borderline non-existent connection <laughs> to Steven Spielberg, got the shit beat out of him walking home. He oh. got mugged and, like, destroyed. Oh, really? Like, his entire face, like, shattered. <gasps> I didn't know this. Neither did I. So this comic, this graphic novel, drawn by, uh, illustrated by Eduardo Riso, who did 100 Bullets. Okay. And it looks nothing like his usual work. He, similar to It's a Bird, he paints most of the book. Paints or uses pastels, I can't tell. I'm not that, not that artsy. But we'll also, Riso is known for being doing very noir, gritty, crime sort of books. Like, he was perfect for 100 Bullets. He's done some mainstream Batman runs before. But for this book, he really doesn't do that. He keeps it more in a muted, sort of muted painted style. But basically, it deals with the aftermath of Deanie trying to reconcile the characters of the Batverse with what has happened to him. Right. Because they, like, want him to go back to work. And he's like, well, I don't believe in batman anymore where the fuck was batman when i was getting my face stomped in like right. there there is no justice you know and the, the cops th- he's got nothing really to give the cops and you know, it's like oh if you if you gotten mugged you know 200 feet that way you know you would still been in beverly hills and their police force is like has way more resources than ours type of thing right um he's like oh it's like oh i'll take that i'll bear that in mind next time i'm gonna get you know <laughs> beaten with it beaten to a pulp and as he's similar to it's a bird he's kind of narrating it He's he's in a pitch meeting. I guess the uh, I guess the the device is that he's telling the story in the present. He's telling a story in the from the past in the present, but he's pitching it to somebody off screen. Right. And as he's working these things out, the characters from the Batverse will talk to him. Like Batman will scold him. The Joker will encourage him to just embrace chaos or you know really rock the scars. You know you should have rocked the scars more. <laughs> type of thing. Uh, Harley does show up for an extended sequence as well. And it's a similar to your kind of reaction to this book. I, I read it this week. It's eerie how similar they kind of are. Where it's like two writers going through personal traumas yeah. of sorts. Trying to work out their thoughts and opinions and on these four-colored superheroes. And having to pitch uh, books. Yeah, because it's like... They wanted. It was around the time they were doing Mask of the Phantasm. I guess they were just about to start that. Like the show had just started. It was, it was blow. It was blowing up. They got the go ahead to do this theatrical project. Then he gets attacked, and they want him to get back to work like really fast and write this like Joker torturing a uh, gangster scene or something. Right. He's like, I'm not really feeling that right now, and also it deals with a lot of his issues about being. He wasn't an only child, but he was very much lived in his own head. Yeah. Even as an adult, he's that dude. He's got the dream job writing cartoons. Yep. He's got a house filled with toys and video games and all that type of thing. Always pursuing women who will never give him the time of day. And he knows that going in. Right. None of us can relate to that. I can't. Um, I don't go after women at all. He's, you're missing out. He's really forthright about a lot of stuff. Uh, I won't spoil everything, but there was one moment where he... After the Emmys one year, he admits to something that he did to himself uh, in a bout of self-loathing that was like, damn, son, it's really, really forthcoming. So yeah, as he's 
trying to figure out just how to connect with people in general after having this horrible attack happen to him. Um, Arlene Sorkin, voice of Harley Quinn, is the one who took him to the hospital, <laughs> apparently. I I can I that's really nice because he he kind of refused to go he was like oh it'll be fine and then he like woke up the next day and was like my face does not feel like it's in the like right position things are where they should be uh, and he, he called Arlene Sorkin or she called him for some reason and she was like her partner she like made his, her partner take him to the uh, yeah. take him to the ER and the other interesting note and I wish this had happened was the the first thing he pitched after this experience was. He tried to pitch a Sandman tie-in to really? Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. Where basically Batman was beaten within an inch of his life. and a Sandman shows up? And Death shows up first. Right. Death is like, let's go. Time to go. Yeah. You're done. And Morpheus shows up and is like, well, let's talk about this. Because Batman inspires so many dreams. Right. He's very valuable to me and the dreaming. Yeah. So they're both like, well... You gotta choose. Do you want to live or do you want to do you want to wrap it up? Yeah. Type of thing. And he actually pitched this, I guess. And he had Gaiman's blessing because that comes up. He's talking to I think his name was Alan Burnett, who was yeah. I've said before. Paul Dini was the head writer of Batman the Animated Series. He might have become it at some point. He was not always. Um, so that's my bad. He uh, he pitches this to Alan Burnett, who was the head writer or story editor. And Burnett's like, isn't Gaiman the only one who ever writes the salmon? And he's like, no, I talked to him at a con about it. He's really into it. Like, you really would love to see it. Yeah. Um, obviously, it was too metaphysical for a... Maybe just slightly. A weekday afternoon cartoon for, you know, 12-year-olds, but... Hey, I would have loved it. I, I, wa- <laughs> I want to see it now. I'm hoping, I would love it if, uh, if you know, interest if this book does well enough that people want to see that. <laughs> and Warner Brothers is like, hey, you know what? Fuck it. Do it. You know, it's like Seth Meyers will always do that thing, Second Chance Theater, where, like, people from Saturday Night Live who have these sketches that they tried to pitch and just could not get signed off on. Like, Will Forte had this one where he really wanted a dude to go on a blind date with a woman who looked just like Benjamin Franklin. (laughs) What? She was a woman, but she looked just like Benjamin Franklin. And he just, he kept pitching this. Jason Sudeikis had one about a dude getting progressively more angry in a coffee shop that like nobody wanted juggling lessons <laughs> like you put up a poster for juggling lessons and you got more and more agitated that nobody seemed to want him and they wouldn't let it happen on snl but seth myers will be like hey, fuck it do it here <laughs> <laughs> you know it's been stuck in your craw for you know five years you really want to do the sketch you never got to do it you could do it here i would love it if we could get like a second chance uh, theater for paul dini to do his sandman batman that, uh, it sounds amazing <laughs> batman the animated series tie-in that would be amazing uh, so yeah, it was just it was. I found it really interesting that I gave you "It's a Bird" the same week that this Dark Knight book came out, that are essentially telling very similar stories with two different characters. Yeah, uh, no, I'm actually really interested in reading it now because even though you should check it out, you might you probably would really like it. Even though "It's a Bird" was not really, it didn't grab me. I still thought it was interesting. I really like comic book thought experiments mm. that's one of the thing one of the reasons i started reading them was because you can do so much more with comic books um when you're talking about philosophy and philosophical ideas and what are comic books and how do they work and why do we like them so much um so i'm really interested in that also because i love paul dini he <laughs> is amazing and you love batman the animated series and you will get some nice details the scene that i was actually like eyebrows arch raised is when he finally comes back to work People are asking him, you know, did you you see him? What happened? Oh, my God, are you okay? 
um, are the cops looking for him, whatever, and he's, like, making his way, like, through the bullpen. Yeah. And then, like, at the last, like, cubicle, there's a black dude in a, in a Superman shirt, like, a nameless co-worker. He's just like, were they black? <sighs> and Deanie's like, one of them definitely was. I couldn't really see the other one, so I don't know. And the guy's just like, shit. And, like, gives, offers him a handshake type of thing. <laughs> like. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's a, why did you ruin that? Sorry. See, but I should have known, because spoilers. Spoilers, it's in, it's in the thing. <laughs> applies to you, too. I feel like I'm, I'm no, one of the finally, listeners. Caitlin finally understands all the people. <laughs> who won't, I have who friends. Go, who don't go past who, the 30-minute mark. But I have friends who won't listen to this, the, the, the show at all, people because we spoil. are missing so much fantastic content. So much. Anyway, um, we're not here to talk about Dark Knight. It was a nice bit of synergy uh, that I thought was worth pointing out and giving the book some shine, because it was, it was pretty good. But back to It's a Bird. Summary. Thought it was doing two different things. Would have liked each of them to do their own thing individually instead of trying to shoehorn them into each other. Yeah, and the art was okay. Like, I wasn't big on the art. It's not for everybody. I greatly like Christensen's art, but it's not. He's very unique and very very artsy-fartsy and very vertigo. So I also think it could have... The, the comic book could have done well with almost different art styles for mm. different sort of... He varies uh, it up a little bit, but it's also, it's not, I'm thinking now that you're saying that, it's not a, I think the biggest strike against it might be it's not super colorful. No, it isn't. It's, it's very, very muted. Yeah. yeah. Um, even when it, like, ex- when you think it should, like, explode into four color, you know, digital color glory, it never does. It no. stays in that kind of pastel pencil crayon yeah. style that Christensen's working in. Uh, but anyway, if you were to, if we're handing out kick punches. Um, I'd give it, uh, I'll give it a five. Fair. Yeah. She would have given it a six if I was nicer to Alpha. No, no, <laughs> I, because I'm thinking about it and I, if someone. And I just told you about a book that sounds way more appealing. Yeah. Than the one I just gave <laughs> and if someone had asked and said, you know, oh, can you give me something interesting to read? I wouldn't go for it. Yeah. I wouldn't give them that one. Fair enough. Yeah. Well. I mean, it was a hell of a week last week. Yeah. Really knocked it out of the park for both of us. And we can't do that. Can't, can't do it all the time. No. They're not all, not all days are diamonds, people. They're not no. all going to be, they're not all going to be glorious. But uh, you said that you had some updates for the peeps. Some, some pasta updates. What was I talking about? <laughs> what did I mean by that? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Updates. Uh, things that we're into. I do want to shout out, by the way, I have not gotten enough into this. And this is, I'm telling you, this is going to be one of the next special single topic episodes. The Netflix Voltron show is way better than it has any fucking right to be. So I actually watched the first episode. Did you? Yeah. First episode, fine. It was really the second episode that I was like. Well, first episode. See, I, I've never watched Voltron. Oh, right. Like, so yeah. And I, I all, all the boxes getting ticked that I would have seen. They're like you have no idea no and so um my lovely boyfriend who i'm watching this with who absolutely adores voltron is like he was telling me so excitedly about all these things that he's like and this is from this thing and this is and and uh, he's like i wonder who's gonna be like this color cat and i'm like cats what lions (laughs) they're lions caitlin i'm sorry he's probably he's probably yelling at this now too (laughs) they're (laughs) they're lions but anyways so but we i enjoyed it even not knowing originally Original Voltron. Oh God! Yeah, you don't need to know anything. Um, to get into I it. really enjoyed the first episode. So to hear that it gets even better for the second one, I'm yeah, excited. like the the first episode. I love that it's an hour long. It really gave me the feel of that, like, yeah, you know, back in the day where like GI Joe the movie would be like stretched out over a week, and <laughs> you're like, you know, your daily 
after school cartoon viewing. Yeah. Like, I really like that fact. I don't get, you know, I don't want to say everything I liked about it because I do want to go back and revisit it when we've both seen the whole thing. But the second episode is like, they form the robot on a fluke, basically. Sorry, if you don't know anything about Voltron, it's basically space, war, whatever, based on a, based on an American version of a Japanese anime. Okay. Which used like, as they are wont to do, Voltron used like three different shows. Right. But really, this show Go Lion was the one that was like everyone remembers, which was these five mechanical lions would combine into one humanoid robot. Right. Because anime. Makes no fucking sense. If you're eight, <laughs> mechanical lions. That's it. That's all you need. So in the first episode, our team, there's some tweaks to the story because there has to be because obviously 1980s anime storytelling is not as sophisticated as what is required for today's audiences. They form the robot on a fluke, right? basically. Yeah. So now they are training and doing team building exercises in episode two to try and figure out how to form the robot at will. And it does not go well for most of the episode. And it's far funnier than it has any business being like <laughs> guffawing. I sent you the clip of... So the thing I had forgotten about that I loved as a child was like when they go into the lions, like when it's like, go Voltron! And they all break off to go into their lions. Yeah. There's a bit where they like they go down a platform and then they like hop on these zip lines. Yeah, that was the fucking coolest when I was a kid. Um, and so they're doing the zip line thing and they're all looking super badass. And Hunk, the yellow lion, which pilot, is kind of the standout character in my opinion. He he's one of them. Yeah, he uh, he is a heftier gent. So you see everybody gliding down their zip lines, looking badass. Hunk zip line. I mean, yeah, I should be deducting points because it's basically a fat joke but just the way the way he fought he's like he's like i can't hold on and he lets go and the thing goes off without him and just the way he goes come on (laughs) and gets up and then because it's angled down he's like sliding and squeaking in his flight suit down this down this tube i was losing it and then you just keep seeing him being late for things because it's all like time like the zipline's supposed to go to this little car and then the car takes off and takes him to the line and he misses that because he sees the car (laughs) drive off as he's coming out of the tube much funny i only got to the second episode because i've been um kind of busy kind of busy watching pasta which i'm apparently even though i've seen it all before (laughs) am totally back in on because that's what caitlin and i keep talking about on facebook all the time yeah i'm i can't get in like i have to be careful sometimes because i've watched like an episode or two episodes and i'm like okay i'm done like they're long episodes yeah, two, is, two episodes feels like four hours of the gone by. yeah and i'm like and I, but part of me is like just one more and i'm like no i have laundry uh, what, what i like to do is i like to set my ipad up on this uh on this little table here yeah and i like to lie in I like the lion bed yeah i like to watch an episode of boston before i go to bed <laughs> so just cuddling up with shep oh shep Oh, so yeah, we still, La Pasta's unexpectedly become an MVP of this show. Yeah. Uh, what else is out there? Updating. I watched mm-hmm. All Voyages of New Black because I have no life, apparently, and I'm a piece of human garbage who just <laughs> sits, on, <laughs> sits on a chair and somehow manages to watch 13 hours of television in a weekend. I've um, all done it. Um, and uh, have you watched the second episode of Preacher? I'm so behind on Preacher. Did you see it? No. I have heard. I've had Pasta to watch. <laughs> I have heard. I've heard good things, and I've heard uh, Saint of Killers makes an appearance. Okay. So I need to I need to see that. I'm behind on Game of Thrones. I don't know. This happened. I haven't seen Bastard Bowl 2K16 yet. <laughs> like, I'm just falling, yeah. up, falling apart. Falling apart. What the hell's going on? I'm watching way too many Shinsuke Nakamura wrestling matches on YouTube instead of... I don't know what that is. It doesn't sound like my cup of tea. He's amazing. You know what? I'm going to show you Shinsuke when we hang up here, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll have an update next week, because I do feel you would find him delightful. All he's, right. He's kind of ridiculous and amazing 
And as I said on Facebook earlier this week, I feel like part of my complete breakfast is listening to his entrance theme like at least once a day. <laughs> All right. It gets me so amped. I will. Well, I'll need it for the trip home because it's so hot and I may collapse in the middle of the road. Yeah. So we have given you way more than we ever thought we would given how fucking hot it is in this apartment. Yeah. friends. But uh, so we're going to put a stop to that right now. If you have suggestions, comments, questions, questions, you can email us at geekdownpod at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at geekdownpod or on the Facebook group. Which is, sorry, that was my cue and I was faded off. Um, <laughs> it is www.facebook.com forward slash geekdownpod. Yes. Get at us. Uh, sorry the episode was late. I'm, I I just love Zumba so much, and I got so enthusiastic, and I hurt my foot. You can go back to, I believe it was the Madoka Magica episode where we talked about how much Caitlin loves Zumba. I think it's so. Actually, it's actually, it's a really bad, like, she got cheese taken away from her, now she got Zumba taken yeah. away from her. Like, she's got to reevaluate her entire fucking life. And that's, entire life. That's not easy to do when it's like 34 degrees in here. <laughs> but we do it for you, and we appreciate all the love you show us. If you can give us a rate or review on iTunes, we would greatly appreciate that as well. Or because... We don't have stats. We're, we're getting tiny. We have, we have the tiniest bit of visibility. But according to that, there's only six of you who are listening. And you're either all six of you are either listening to it an obscene amount every week, which if you are, which, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Um, or that's not accurate at all. So rate and review us on iTunes. It would help us out greatly. And we will be back here with you again next week. The Geek Down Podcast is produced by Jordan Ferguson. <laughs> it is written by no one. It is improvised by Caitlin McKinnon and Jordan Ferguson. And it is a member of no podcast network. <laughs> I don't think you should do that anymore. It just sounds depressing. <laughs> Jordan does, does all this does work. Sa- Caitlin shows up. It doesn't sound depressing. It sounds impressive because, listen, there are... No shots to anybody, but I listen to podcasts with a lot more uh, listenership than we have that sound way worse. High five. Hi- oh, yeah, we got to do that again. High five. There we go. So that is it for the Geek Down. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Kate McKinnon. And friends, we will see you back here again next week. If I haven't melted into a puddle. Or crippled herself irreversibly. <laughs> Bye. Bye. that's something i would do i'd buy like something i wouldn't wasn't supposed to eat and be like it's lit (laughs) i got cocoa puffs (laughs) cocoa puffs are lit listen like anything (laughs) anything that changes your milk to chocolate is and i can't even have milk anymore that is lit so exactly it is lit you're literally putting your body at risk every day